Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Duke podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman, the Duke beat writer for the Raleigh News and Observer. Joined as always by show co-host Sheldon Williams, the landlord, who we both watched probably the best performance of the year by the Blue Devils uh, in Atlanta on Saturday against Georgia Tech. They won by 43 points. Uh, So um, still uh, uh, glowing after seeing such a great performance. Sheldon, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I mean, it's only right for, you know, our Duke team to actually uh, have a good performance while we're both in in attendance, you know, so it, exactly. that, that's pretty cool. So uh, maybe we need to be in attendance a lot more often. So start a new uh, streak of winning, you know, games when they're especially on the road as well. So, but yeah, maybe that's the case. <laughs> I have to ask, is that the first game your fiance has seen in person or? No, uh, we actually went to the uh, Ohio State because she's an Ohio State grad. Okay. Um, so we went to Ohio State game last year at Ohio State, and, and that was a um, loss. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So it was. <laughs> yeah. It was. Yeah. We were winning most of the game, and all of a sudden, I was like, all right, you know, let's go ahead and I start beating traffic, and then I get to the car, and I'm like, what? What happened? Happening right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, that wasn't the case yesterday. No. no um. No. There was traffic to beat, but. Duke was so far in front. I was going to say she brought really good luck. If that's if that was the first game she saw with you in person, first right, right, game, right. You, know, you have to get no, her all the games. No. <laughs> but uh, she saw a heck of a performance. We all did. That was uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, quite a game. Duke won forty three points. Only the third time that Duke has won an ACC road game by forty or more points in Duke history. Yeah, in yeah. Duke history, which is yeah. you know, there's a lot of wins in there. Um, that was the second highest margin of victory in a road game in conference play. Right. Um, back in 99, this is courtesy of the you know, Mike DeGeorge and the Duke staff. Duke won 154 over UVA at, up in Charlottesville. Uh, so that was a 46-point margin. So 43 still. Uh, to yeah, double yeah. up a team like that on the road in conference play is is quite the performance. Um, I think the other one was uh, Wake Forest, I believe. It was, yeah. That was yeah, the other yeah, one by 40. Yeah. yeah, that was like back in the 50s, I think. So Something like that, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of Wake Forest, that's the next team up on Tuesday night, uh, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, before we go any further, I do want to remind everybody that Believe in Duke podcast is sponsored by Bet Online. They've been a sponsor of the podcast from nearly the very beginning of it, and we appreciate them. Uh, betonline.ag betonline remains the number one source for all your sports betting needs this season everything from the nfl playoffs uh as we're getting ready for the super bowl here to pro and college basketball ufc mma and more you'll always find the latest odds team matchup info player news and game trends at betonline.ag with live betting options free contests and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable bet online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite leagues and events head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus uh, with your first deposit. Make sure you use the promo code believe that's B L E A V to receive your rewards BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. The blue devil started off red hot yesterday. Um, like the back threes by Roach. Boom, boom. To start the yeah, game. Yeah. Yeah. Right off the bat. Uh, flip hit one, lively hit one. It was like nineteen to nine before a lot of people were settling their seats, right? So, right, right. Um, it's what kind of what we talked about the previous game at Virginia Tech and all that. When you're playing a team like Georgia Tech, 
which is at the bottom of the standings, have a losing record overall. They're not going anywhere. You come out and knock them in the mouth and hope that they'll kind of wilt. And that's clearly what the Blue Devils did on Saturday. Yeah, um, we kind of had a conversation uh, when we met at halftime. And the thing that I was telling you, I was like, well, we were pretty much handling this game. And then all of a sudden, I would think around the four minutes mark, you know, we left it in the first half, Tech cut it to seven. And I'm like, no, I know we're a young team. We have to develop that killer instinct where we see, you know, that the team is kind of like, you know, just in in a bad place. And you just want to go ahead and just, you know, take out any kind of hopes that they may have. And that was something I was kind of looking at, like, well, I was expecting them to kind of make that next jump and it didn't happen. And then John calls a timeout. And then we wind up going on a um, 19, I'm sorry, a 13 to two run. 13 to two run to end the half. 13, yeah. 13 to two run to end in the, in the half. And then to start the second half was a 19 to three run. So I was like, all right, they got it in them. It's just that they're a young team. And I was just expecting that to happen before the, they cut it to seven with four minutes to go in the first half. And then like John called the time, which is a great time. I got the guys kind of regrouped and they jumped up to the next level after that. Yeah, and he said after the game, uh, when I asked him about about the spurts, you know, he said, you know, the team has had spurts of good offense this year, just not for 40 minutes, right? Like Not like that. This was the best shooting performance of the year, 55.7%, easily, far and away the best uh, shooting game Duke's had all year. And he said, he mentioned that, that stretch at the end of the first half. He said, look right there, you know, it's back to seven points. If we don't handle things right, it could be a tie game at halftime or, three-point game, whatever. He said, you're not, you know, you never, you don't imagine you can push it back up to 18, right? In the last four minutes there, 13 to run, but that's what the team did. That's what they, they handled their business very well. Uh, very, you know, almost it was mature the way they handled it uh, for a team that's frankly, you know, very young. You know, a lot of time there, they had four, five freshmen on the court when, when Jaden Shute was playing. Right, uh, right, right. That was yeah. another five freshman lineup without Whitehead. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it was different too. I mean, we had a shoot sighting as well. Um, unfortunately, you know, he missed his first couple of threes and everything. But you know, that's kind of nerves and his first time playing real significant minutes. You know, in the ACC game. So I, I get that. But it was just great to see him out there and getting his feet wet and everything. Uh, hopefully that this kind of get, get some confidence and he kind of settled down next, you know, next game if he plays and kind of let's take a deep breath and he's able to hit those shots, especially in the corners. Um, because I was watching him in the halftime and when I was warming up, and you know, he can hit that shot. It's just that, you know, I'm sure with all the emotions, you know, going into his first real big game, you know, that played a factor in there as well. And you were down there behind the bench, of course. I press row at, at George Tech's kind of up high, but we're looking at the bench area, me and some other uh, couple of writers, uh, and noticed that before Jaden went in, Carowell kind of went over to him and grabbed him on the shoulder and kind of like, okay, man, this is your time. This is it, you know. Mm, this right, is it. Right. So I'm sure you're right. He was kind of hyped up, and I'm sure they wanted to pump him up, but also keep him calm, you know. Right, right. Hard to right. do, right? Yeah, it, it, it is. I mean, it's kind of a, a give and take with the, you know, you know, the medium and trying to go back and forth, whatever. But I will say, you know, yes, I was behind the, the bench. And I will say, watching them on TV and watching them that close. And I, I know Georgia Tech is a smaller team, but I was like, man, we are really long and really athletic. And I'm looking at it like, you know, from, I was like, I think what the second row, whatever it was. And yeah. I'm like, I'm looking, I'm like, man, like the TV does not do these guys justice because 
these guys are long, athletic. I mean, they're very skilled. I mean, they play a real good defensive game, um, pretty much all of them. And I, and I was looking at that, you know, firsthand that close. And I'm like, all right, watching on TV is one thing, but the way they was playing and how he was towering over Georgia Tech guys, it was amazing to watch. I'm like, this is what people see, like, <laughs> on a night in, night in, basis, night out basis and everything. I was like, that was very impressive for me to watch these guys, especially when it's compared against, you know, Georgia Tech, because, you know, they're so much bigger and longer than these guys. And it, it was obvious very early in the game, Georgia Tech wanted nothing to do with having the ball in the lane. They were going to shoot. They were going to settle for jumpers. Right. If they got right. in there at all, they quickly turned around to pass it back out. Nobody wanted to, you know, to get it stuffed back in their face, right? It was, I mean, it was right, intimidating right. as heck. <laughs> Right. I mean, I think we went, uh, yeah, 44 to 12 in the paint. You know, like we were pretty much controlling the paint with our big guys. And I'm, I'm looking at them like uh, 15 to 1 points off of turnovers, 24 assists off of 34 made field goals. We had five guys in double-digit scoring. Like like I said, I mean, it was the best that we shot, 50, 56, 57 percent from the field, you know, 39 from three. Like we look good, even though Georgia Tech is not a real good team. That was a game that we needed to have that confidence, you know, kind of go back for us. And I think that's the the thing that we took away from that game where our young guys felt confident and we were playing well on both ends of the game, on, on, on both sides of the ball. And what did you think of the passing, the way Duke moved the ball? A lot of times the ball never, <clears throat> excuse me, the ball never hit the court, right? It right. was just to boom, right, boom, right, boom. Right. You could tell that was the emphasis of this game because, you know, Georgia Tech was trying to keep, even though they were outsized, you know, they were trying to play zone. And a lot of times we was over skipping the ball. And it was like, uh, like when I was in school, Coach K called it the hockey pass. It wasn't the assist. It was assist to the assist, you know, the pass to the assist, whatever, that wind up getting that extra shot. And people who are getting these extra shots are all a part of, <clears throat> excuse me, and involved with the, the, the offensive game plan. And you will see a lot more players, you know, go off on that, which is why we have five guys and double figures and uh, Lively had nine, you know, I could have been a double figure game as well, too. So, yeah, yeah. potentially six guys with double figure uh, guy, you know, points for us. And and on the subject of Lively, you know, after the game again, uh, John Shire was, you know, said he thinks he's about to springboard. He's 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 about to launch. That he's showing more at, more parts of his game on offense. He's more he's he's been comfortable on defense, right? He's early in the year he had some trouble with fouls. He seems to have gotten away from that. Um, I'm looking here. I think he had, uh, where's fouls cred. Oh, well, um, he had two fouls. Yeah. Sorry. He had two fouls yesterday. Uh, but, but, yeah. but he, but he defended without fouling, right. Most right. for the most part, right. didn't get in foul trouble. And, you know, we, we saw the lob pass. He scored on that a couple times. He had offensive rebounds where he, he had to out muscle somebody for the ball, which frankly, they hadn't, he hadn't been successful that early in the year. And then he stepped out and made the three. So right. he kind of showed a lot of things we hadn't seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, like I said, this is a game that uh, I think our guys drew a lot of con uh, confidence with, where especially with Lively, you know, we knew what kind of play he was on the defensive end, but this is the best we saw him play offensively. I mean, we saw a three-point shot from him, not one, but two. And this form looked good. We heard, at least I heard, that he was able to shoot that shot, but we haven't seen it. Right. But the form looked good the way he released, and it was like a nice high release and everything. It looked like a good shot that he shot. And the fact that he's more confident and more comfortable, and he's seeing that. I can see John saying that, oh, 
this is going to be a springboard for him. So hopefully that is the case because the way he was looking, the way he was moving, even the way he was just kind of like just being aggressive around the ball, you know, letting people bump him and everything, but he's still coming away with the ball. The ball. I'm like, all right, this is a guy that he might have gotten it, you know, kind of like, you know, similar to what Mark Williams was uh, towards the end of his freshman year where all of a sudden, boom, he'd gotten the light went off. It's just boom, you know, light went off. He's there. And then hopefully this is the case and we'll see, um, was it a uh, week for his next game and see if yeah. that, you know, he, he's able to back it up. Yeah. And, and back to the passing and he's part of that too. He's always been a very good, the ball doesn't usually get stuck with him. He moves it. He's able to kick it back out. Um, uh, you know, again, he's not a guy you throw the ball down the post and wait for him to maneuver and make a basket. He's more kind of zipped here, zip here, zip there, maybe step out and make a play there. So um, Wake Forest plays some zone. They played some zone against Duke last time when they beat him. Uh, it was 81, 81 to 70 that game in Winston right before Christmas. But because of Duke's shooting troubles, more teams, are, you know, we've said zones, what they're probably going to play, right? They're going to see a lot of zone. Right, and right. if the passing is like that, like it was at Georgia Tech, that's going to be a way for Duke to counteract that. And Lively's part of that with uh, with his his um, his awareness on the court and uh, uh, being more comfortable in the paint. I, I agree. I mean, uh, not just Lively. I think we have a very unselfish group. And that is what makes our team dangerous at any point because we would not, we, we won't know exactly how we're going to play until we out there on the court. We know that Flip's going to do his thing. You know, Flip's going to be a double-figure guy regardless. They look for him. You know, they kind of force-feed him sometimes. But the fact that we have guys that are very unselfish where they cutting, and like you said, Lively's over here looking over his shoulder. He's getting big-to-big passes to Flip, or he's going across court to um, the corner guy, which, you know, a lot of times either um, – uh, Mark Mitchell, mm-hmm. or you know, when uh, shoot got in the game, it was him as well. You know, we have guys like you know, Roach coming in and passing the ball up in transition and then getting to the full of offense. Like, we have a, a very unselfish group of guys, and I think once we learn how to win in tight situations, that's only going to make ourselves, our, our team grow a lot faster and be better, you know, in the long run. Yeah, I mean, this speaks to the unselfishness right here. 24 assists on 34 field goals yesterday. Right, right. It's assisting on almost, it's like 70.6% of, of of the shots. I mean, that's exceptionally high. Amazing, yes. Amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, amazing. yeah, there's a lot to build off of that game. That's, that is for sure. And it's what, you know, everybody hoped would happen uh, uh, from a Duke point of view after the loss at Virginia Tech that you right. come back and, and really right. – you know, fight back hard and show you that you're much more than that. Right. 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 I think we can say now, I know Virginia tech has a bad conference record, but like they're a lot better than Georgia tech. Georgia tech is really a struggle. <laughs> yeah, it definitely. It definitely. I mean, uh, granted B tech shot the ball lights out, you know, uh, against us and everything. So, you know, Georgia tech didn't have, you know, that luxury, which I'm thankful for, <laughs> but, uh, uh, being there and watching these guys, you know, they were really, really into the game, you know, um, just kind of listening to the conversations. And it, I was very impressed like really young, you know, um, Flip was frustrated at one point and he kind of put his arm around Flip and kind of was talking to him and everything. Same way with Mark Mitchell. Mark Mitchell was uh, uh, in a situation where he was kind of just throwing his body over the court, all over, all over the court. And yeah. he's a high motor guy and everything. He gets to the basket and they weren't calling some of those. I was like, yeah, I understand why you're frustrated. 
But I saw him come to the bench and, you know, Young is actually saying things, being that leadership on the bench as well. So I thought that was pretty cool kind of seeing that because I wouldn't have seen that on the TV, but being able to see it from, you know, behind the bench, I thought that was pretty cool of, you know, how that leadership is being portrayed and displayed on the bench. And players, even though they're young or maybe be starters, they are acceptive of the leadership that's being shown. Right. Great point, because obviously Jeremy is the, Jeremy Roach is the only true captain, but somewhere along the way, it's developed kind of maybe organically or whatever that, and it's important, you know, this more than anybody being as part of a team like that, that, that Ryan Young feels the, um, the freedom to, to assert some leadership and not worry that he's stepping right. on Jeremy's right. toes or, right. or whatever. And that in some locker rooms, you probably see that's, that doesn't happen. Does it? No, no, not at all. I mean, and that speaks back to our guys being unselfish. Like, at the end of the day, our guys, they want to play well, they want to win, and they're happy for each other. And I think, um, kind of a side note, I think that's a great thing when they do, after they you know, win the game, they'll do that um, uh, interview each other after the game in the locker yeah. room. And yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of fun, but it also shows that like, you know, they're happy for the next person. So it, it could be anybody's day. And I think that's a great testament to our guys, how they are literally and genuinely there for each other. Yeah, and uh, as we get ready for uh, the next stretch of games here, starting with Wake Forest, who uh, the Deacons have lost three games in a row now after losing to NC State on Saturday. So, I mean, they they already beat Duke in Winston. Now they got to come to Cameron, so it's going to be a whole different game, but yeah. uh, literally a whole different game. But but uh, they're going to be hungry too, right? Three losses in a row. They're ready to they, – yeah. they need this win to get their NCAA, you know, hopes going again. And uh, um, so Duke's got that one. The next game after that is Carolina coming into Cameron. Right. Uh, two days later, go to Miami, which is going to be really hard Another because Miami, yep. you know, and then after that at Virginia. So and what we have plenty of episodes to talk about all those games. But I'm just saying this stretch of games now is crucial. It's going to determine whether Duke's going to be able to push back up maybe toward the top four of the conference or if they're going to be stuck in the middle and we're going to be looking at being an eight or a nine seed uh, in the NCAA tournament. But but with so much that went right on Saturday, you just hope that all that can move forward, all that the sharing of the ball and everything is wake. Uh, as as strong as Duke played defense, keeping Georgia Tech out of the lane, uh, all those things are going to be important, particularly these next four games. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, uh, it's easy to kind of get sucked into, all right, you have had success doing this. And then the next game, it may be a little bit rocky. And then all of a sudden you revert back to old ways and not just sticking with it. And I'm hoping that that's the case where these guys, especially these young guys, are sticking with what has happened over the last game. And hopefully we can have a chance where we have a game like we did last time where it was both offense and defense. It wasn't just yeah. one or the other. So, you know, we haven't had too many games like that. So being back at home next game, I'm hoping that it carries over. And then all of a sudden it, it develops into something that even – you know, more habitual uh, for us and everything. So that's the thing I'm, I'm looking forward to. Yeah, I guess these better teams in the conference, you're going to have to have Correct. it. And Correct. Duke is 10-0 and 0 at Cameron this year. So home court, Coach K Court's being protected. Uh, that's one thing they've done yeah. exceptionally yeah. well. And yeah. uh, it's going to be really important this week with these two games with, with Wake and Carolina. Um, one quick update on uh, Dariq Whitehead. We saw him. Right. He was on the court. He didn't, he didn't dress for the game. Uh, he was out there doing in warmups, doing a few things uh, with the guys in kind of the early warmups, not the not the actual warmups. The team warmups. Yeah. Well, right before, yeah, but some of the individual things guys do that that early session. 
um, which to me, he was out there with the ball dribbling. He wasn't shooting or anything, but he was, you know, handling the ball, passing teammates for layups and, um, you know, didn't show any uh, um, uh, limitations. I, I didn't see any, you know, there was no boot on his ankle or anything like that. Yeah, that was a big thing. I was looking at him on the bench. There was no boot, you know, yeah. I was like, all right, maybe, you know, it's more being cautious than anything else. Cause you know, he did have that injury at the beginning of the year. Yes. So I'm hoping that's the case, but it's even better because you was able to see him, you know, at the early workout. So have him out there on the court with the guys. So it's even giving us, you know, more confidence that, you know, they've been cautious and, you know, hopefully he gets back, you know, maybe not this Carolina game, but, you know, for the next one. Yeah, I think that's it. And, and John said, you know, they felt that Durek had been practicing, right? Cause he rested that, that leg. So um, I know I, it sounds like it would be a long shot for him to play against wake on Tuesday. Cause they, I mean, it's short practice time anyway, but um, I think they want to be a little extra careful. So maybe I, and I'm not ruling out the, the Carolina game is coming up here. Maybe possibly if they can get him back on the practice court, they'll you know, by Wednesday or Thursday as they start ramping up after the wake game for that. And uh, we'll have another episode before the Carolina game and have an update on that. But the bottom line is uh, this isn't a serious long-term going to keep him out for a month injury. It doesn't appear. That's a great news. Um, yes. Yeah. I saw Jose Fonseca uh, before the game and I said, man, Jose. you're working, you're working magic. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know if it's me. Something's working magic, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, as long as the progress continues, that kind of thing. So things are that, that, that was really, really good news for Duke. And they could, they could obviously use a player like Dorit going forward here. So anyway, um, yes, big game with weight coming up revenge game at home at home. Yeah. So everything points to, a really strong performance for Duke, right? I mean, it really, it really. That, that's that. that's the case. That's the case. You know, I mean, yeah, it's down only on the other intangibles that we're young. So, but I'm saying I'm hoping that things become more of a habit for us and everything, especially now that we're late in the year, that you know it reflects that. So, uh, we'll see, we'll see. But we're at home. We have great fans and some of the best fans in the world, if not the best fans in the world. So, yeah, so we're gonna have that place jumping, and hopefully, uh. John can get his uh, track record back, you know, against Wake Forest, you know. That's right. <laughs> yeah. That's right. He was undefeated. Let the right, last year right. fill it in. Now right, he's going right. to get it going again. So <laughs> we'll see about that. All right, everybody. We'll, ha- we'll have another episode coming up uh, after the Wake Forest game. Uh, yep, it'll yep. post on Friday, the day before the Carolina game. So we'll have plenty to break down from the Wake game uh, and looking forward to that first matchup with UNC uh, as the, the, the rivalry in, in sports gets, gets back going again for 2023. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thanks to bet online for sponsoring the believe in Duke podcast. We appreciate it. Sheldon, any parting thoughts for the listeners as we get ready for blue devils and wake forest on Tuesday? No, no, no parting thoughts. Hey, just, uh, (laughs) continue to support us and, uh, have a good weekend and, uh, we'll see you next time. Next episode. All right. Very good. Everybody join us next time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.